Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast. I am Ray McLennan. <laughs> and it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Folks, we have had fun and games over the last couple of days trying to get this second part of basically how to tell a story. And we've, we could <laughs> fill it with the story of what the hell has gone on. Um, just, to, just to quickly update you folks, yesterday we had to call off the Zoomers. I froze. Uh, and would have quite convincingly won a staring a Zoom a staring competition because I didn't move on the image for about three minutes nonstop, which uh, would have been good. But Ray was doing his Max Headroom impression, and so we had to call that one off. I went away and uh, and just fully utilised probably thirty years of IT training, technology experience, and I went turned it off and on again. And the uh, the Wi-Fi came back on. There you go, at a better speed. But by that that time, we'd faffed around for ages. So, Ray, pick up this morning's story as to, uh, you know, how we've managed to be, we're 45 minutes into this um, <laughs> recording, and we haven't yet got going. Well, um, yeah, uh, we started with our usual, uh, sending the message, and did you get it, and then eventually logging in and getting everything going. And then just as we were about to record, my charger part turned red and it said I had a 2% left, which is very, very odd because it was plugged in. However, when I re went to the end, the plug itself was broken and a little wire has come loose. So clearly nothing was charging. It's going to That's going to need to be soldered later on. And having ran around trying to find alternative cables and bits and pieces and mix and match, um, yeah, nothing seemed to, to work. So I had to pull out the old laptop, fire up the old laptop. That involved logging in 45 times because everything everything wanted a password. Um, getting the passwords, all the rest of it. Anyway, we're here now, and uh, we don't have a... I don't have a green screen at the back, but you can see... That I do have a green screen, but it's a pop-up one. And again, as Nigel said, about the size of a paper bag. But uh, it used to work on a different chair. It's mighty effect. Anyway, yeah, we have a story. That is a genuine story. But anyway, um, all stories are meant to be genuine. They're meant to get a genuine result. Um, we spoke on first part. So this is the second part of a two-part um, podcast, which is talking about the framework of storytelling. So we'd already covered uh, the first four parts, which were in the previous episode, which were the character or the customer, uh, the problem that the character or the customer faces, um, the, a guide, which is the brand who can help the character to solve the problem, and then a plan or a process for solving the problem. So we're now going to cover the final three. So that is a call to action, the consequences of taking action or not taking action, and a vision of what life can be like after the problem is solved. So we'll go into a call to action. So Nigel, um, I just did a presentation the other night, uh, a live one, first one in, well actually I thought it was years, but actually it was the first one in about a year. Um, I had done a presentation last year um, and nothing in between, but that one was to a, a room of about, I don't know, 100 people, 
the room held held was to hold about fifty. I think there were hundred people in there. It was certainly standing room. And um, was hang on, Ray. Before you go any further, was there a an officious looking bloke with a clipboard in the corner who was doing the fire regs and and, oh, no. and getting very concerned? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. It was a, you know a back room of a pub, and um, there were lots of people around. It took ages to get going because there were chairs going held aloft over people's heads and all this kind of then stools. Um, had there been room at the front, there would have been children sitting cross-legged at the front, but the, it wasn't like that. Um, As Nicola Sturgeon would say, probably sipping on a nice pint of heavy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and uh, afterwards, standing in the car park, chatting away, it was quite cold, and um, you can probably hear my voice is slightly different. It's, it's better than it was yesterday, that's for sure. Um, yesterday, I did, in fact, sound like Barry White. No, you didn't. Uh, well, <laughs> no. That wasn't me that said that. Yesterday, when I was talking to someone, I said, I'm sorry about my, my, you know, I've got a bit of a sore throat. And she said to me, you sound a bit like Barry White. Or No, you sounded like a, you sounded like a bloke who'd been out on the Raz, had slept in the gutter, and had had about 20 minutes sleep. <laughs> That's what you sounding like. Whispering Bob Harris. I think, whispering Bob Harris. Uh, nighttime radio. It was the voice of nighttime radio. Anyway... Uh, let's get down to the call to action. Now, did I have a call to action? Yes, of course. Um, if you're asking someone to do something or if you are selling or if you're storytelling in the capacity of presenting, then you have to have a call to action. So that call to action could be, this is my phone number. Here's my email address. I quite like QR codes. They're quite good. Um, the most successful use of a QR code. Nigel, it was you that designed it. You designed a sort of business card QR code. And I remember doing a presentation on that and explaining to the audience of, again, about 100 people, um, how to use QR codes for a call to action. And then I had two screens, big screens either side of me on the stage. Uh, I brought up the QR code and asked people to stand up and engage their phones, engage their camera, uh, and it would take over from there. And it, that's exactly what it did, the QR code. And I could see in real time the number of people who were who were logging in or whose, whose information we were getting. Because Nigel, the way you'd set that up was that it took people through a sort of chat bot. Uh, why don't you take up the cudgel here and you tell us what you, what you did there because I, I, I don't see it used as often as it should. And, and we did that about three years ago, Nigel, or you did that about three years ago. Yeah, we did. I still have it to this day because instead of business cards, um, what I do is I use that QR, that that QR. It, it it's not connected to anything anymore, um, but there's a sort of business card, and there's the QR on the back. And what I did was put that QR. It says scan me. I put that QR, um, and I'm holding this up for those of you who are listening. I'm holding up a card which shows a QR code on the back of a business card. So instead of handing out business cards, you would just say to somebody, well, enable your phone, and then you would scan scan the QR code. So, Nigel, where did it take people to? We yeah, right. Um, there, were two options. there were two options. There was a scan one, and then there was the tap one. So the scan yeah. one was for uh, people with iPhones, and the tap one was for people that had Androids, other phones. Yeah, they, they actually in interchangeable. It was all at the time, the phone's technology. So if you tapped it, the the kind of your business card, which was a credit card, had a small chip in it, 
that used NFC, near field communications, and that actually connected to it. Up to a certain number, model number of the iPhone, they restricted it because they only wanted NFC to work for Apple Pay um, on their phone, so they didn't want to be able to tap phones. But I think demand and services change, so now pretty much any phone can do the QR code or NFC. What it did, it triggered a chatbot to open up Messenger, and you could then put into it a flow where you ask people questions, got them to, you could even um, get emails from people. Uh, you could, uh, one of the best ways of doing it, this is, this is really great, and people have loved this, that have, uh, have said, Nigel, can you do one for me? And what they love to do is have a presentation and we take the presentation as a PDF, the slides, get people through a chat and say, oh, by the way, you know, it's great to meet you. If you're tapping on this, you've probably seen my presentation. Do you want a copy of the slides? And if somebody says yes, you can do it in a very clever way and you can say, oh, that's great. Look, I'll send, I can send it to you via email as well as here on the phone right now. Is this the best email for you? And it populates with an email. And obviously people can go yes, or they can correct it. Brilliant. What a lead magnet. You've got it. As people do that, on the chatbot, you have stored a copy of the PDF of the slides. So as people say yes, up in the next message comes where it is. And it says, right, do you want to download it to your phone and have a look at it right now? So I've even seen people who've done this. And whilst they are talking... Um, you know, going through their presentation, people are downloading the slides and instead of struggling to see the slides on the screen, they are actually looking at them on their phone. Brilliant. Um, so you know how people hold up their phone and they want to take pictures and all the rest of it. Yeah. Well, this is a great way of, of giving a copy of the slides. Now, you're probably thinking, well, actually, there's a few slides. There might be sensitive info and all the rest of it. We'll just have two versions. Have one that you distribute and one that you do for your presentation only. And if they download it, then they get that sort of version. But yeah, great engagement. Yours, I can see Ray on here. 302 people have gone through that. Um, it's still like, working. Yeah, it should be still there. Yeah, so I've, I've got 302 and... Does it show you when the last one was... Does it has got dates or anything there? Uh, I could probably dig into it. Yeah, I haven't used it for a long time. But yeah, anyway. the the amazing thing is the open rate is a hundred percent, and the click through rate is kind of seventy five percent. So you are looking at engagement levels, folks. This is incredible stuff. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <clears throat> On the call to action, the call to action is not necessarily for the benefit of whoever's doing the talk, it's the call to action is the benefit to the person. So the hero, the customer, and you're trying to get the, the hero of the story, the customer in your conversation to feel empowered, to feel, you know, like they've succeeded at something, to feel like they've got some benefit to it. So this is the call to action is, look folks, is really simple. This is how you do it, step by step, as Ray says. I, I've seen him do it. He stands there. He says, right, everyone get the phone out. Who's got a phone? Yeah. Get it out. Yeah. Open up your, your camera app. Just hover it so that that 
QR is in the image and you will see it immediately comes up saying, you know, there's a link uh, to whatever it is and you can have it to um, an email, um, you can have it to a website, you can have it to a chatbot. Chatbot's really engaging. Uh, a website can be really good. You could have it to an opt-in page. You could have it to almost anything. And what you find there is, is people go, wow, that was really good. And they walk away remembering that part of a presentation, that part of a talk, as much as anything else. And, you know, it, it's quite incredible, uh, the engagement on it. But one of the things that uh, we, were, we were doing, Ray, was helping people at service accommodation. Yeah. So, you know, when you go in, um, you know, and there's all sorts of things, you don't know where anything is, you don't know what's nearby, you don't know where the closest pub is, the takeaway, uh, all those sort of things. You can put on your wall a QR code, you can get the Wi-Fi delivered via that, and in the chat, you could say, have a whole load of stuff, and it would say, um, you know, do you want the taxi numbers? Do you want the nearest pub? Do you want the nearest restaurant? Do you want to know where the supermarkets are? And you can package up a whole load of info in that chatbot where they can download all the stuff. So if you said, do you want to know how the dishwasher works? You can, you know, just draw a diagram, have some simple things, have a few photos, deliver it in a PDF to people. Do you want to know how, um, you know, the alarm works, the door works, the shower works, all those sort of things. Do you have a problem with something? You know, you can just help people and then you don't have to have all those bundles of paper, all those sort of things that go missing. And the person gets the information really quickly. So a great one is people that have left a property that has an access code on it. And it might be that you can, you know, tell but remind people uh, how to access the property if you're on service accommodation or something like that, or, you know, how many times have people gone and they can't remember the address or where it might be or whatever it is, your imagination can run wild. So, yeah, how did we, how did we go down this rabbit hole here, right? Uh, because we're talking about calls to action. And, calls to action. And one of, the, one of the best calls to action is is that, I think. Mm. Because it's it's one thing to say, well, here's my here's my email address and here's my number. Then you're relying on them doing something, and the majority of people, you know, forget they're lazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some people get up and take a picture. Uh, I've seen some people that were taking notes have sort of scribbled it out, but you don't know. There's no guarantee they've got it down properly or anything like that. I mean, your suggestion then about the slides is a brilliant one, and um, yeah, QR codes. There's so many. And I would say, if you're listening to this, our call to action to you would be, if you want this, get in touch with Nigel. So yeah, just do hello at htrmoney.co.uk and just put QR codes into the subject line and Nigel will pick things up from there. So that, that's... So, yeah, so that's the call to action. So if you, if you think of the story, think of your favorite story and the one that all people always talk about um, on, on these sort of things is... They talk about, you know, famous movies. Um, and you always you always find the hero at this point is, is kind of, well, I'm not too sure, because you've gone through the plan, you've gone through the steps, you've gone through, you know, the things that they can do. But now you've got to say to people, okay, it's now up to you. It's now up to you to take action. A lot of people will have probably, probably been to property training or other training or events, and there's always a call to action at the end of it. 
that says, okay, this is as far as I can go, you know, in terms of helping you. It's now up to you to make the next choice. And and the call to action is to say, this is the point. You, you're at the fork in the road. You're at that point where you've got to make a decision. Am I in or am I out? And that's all you're trying to get to here, folks, in your thing. So if you're pitching for investment, and it's funny, I'm, I'm writing one at the moment. I've got a presentation tomorrow on it. I'm getting to the point where you say to people, this is this is it. These are the steps. And we're now at a point where are you in? Are you interested in this or are you out? Typical Dragon's Den, isn't it? it you know, they do their pitch. They, they do it. And they want to make the dragon the hero of it by investing in it and boosting their ego, don't they? So they always have the, the call to action. So I'm offering 1% of my company for 12 million pounds. Oh, oh, I can't believe it. I have to tell you, I'm out, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all the rest of it. So that's, that's where we're at. Now, the call to action is the power behind that call to action is the next point, Ray, isn't it? Which is the, um, the, the consequences element. Absolutely. Well, yeah, the consequences of not taking action. So the call to action is you, you do however you do it. Um, then the, the, the person has to actually do something. They've got to implement. Um, one of the biggest problems um, when I used to do presentations to law firms about, about various things, about changing their business models and making more money and that sort of thing, is they would be given all the information, they would be given calls to action, but then... My my last slide was always, don't be like other firms who suffer from FTI disease. And the word disease would have inverted commas around it. Um, I, I, and then I would say, thanks very much. And I didn't close the loop because I wanted someone to put their hand up and go, what is FTI? See, I wanted them to think about it. And it always, always worked. So imagine the scene. I'm in a room. There's maybe 12 to 15 people in a boardroom in a, some lawyer's office somewhere. There's a big screen behind me. I'm doing a presentation showing them a system that, uh, you know, gets rid of their overdraft and all this sort of carry on. Me and a, a couple of other people, we did this with a number of firms. And we would then say, right, you know, your call to action is you need to engage with us. You know, you need to email us and let us know when you would like to start uh, now that you've seen how it works and yum, yum, yum. But, and then the last slide, don't, don't be like other firms who are suffering and who are never going to make any money because they've got FTI disease. Thanks very much. And then there'd be a sort of, mutter probably was and then does anyone have any questions and sometimes you get several hands go up and they'd all ask the same question what is fti disease you know um and i'd say it's called a failure to implement a failure to implement is the biggest cause for law firms not succeeding once they know this knowledge in fact once anyone has knowledge that is seriously beneficial you've got to implement it so you've got to take the consequences the consequences are that you've got to take the action there is absolutely no point whatsoever in going, oh, well, that's very interesting, and in doing nothing about it, you know, or or scribbling it down but still doing nothing about it. So the call to action part in your story has to be strong enough to make people take that action, not just to think, oh, well, that's quite nice, very interesting. As Nigel said there, you know, the click-through rate from those QR codes it was phenomenal. You know, the response rate was phenomenal. So 100%, and what is what is it you said, sort of 70-something percent, of yeah, we'll go through the flow. We'll go and, through and, the flow. Yeah. So it, it's the thing about it is it's easy. 
everyone, pretty much everyone carries a phone. It's it's what they call frictionless or very low friction. Because if if I said right, okay, what you got to do is you've got to buy a square piece of card. Uh, you've got to buy a stamp. Go to the post office, buy a stamp, put a name and address on there, and then I want you to write this phrase on it, and I want you to post it. You know, that is a lot of friction, and people are not going to do those sort of things. And we're all creatures of a habit, and the habit is to make things as easy as, easy as possible. And that's what we try to do with it. So you probably got your phone. You were probably not listening to Ray anyway as he waffled on. <laughs> you had your phone out anyway. And um, so to lift it up and, and take a photo, it's kind of, oh, that, was, that was easy. That's quite interesting. Uh, and it's great. But... Um, the better think part, I, the better part, though, Nigel, is that we get their details. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, they changed rules on Facebook Messenger over the years, and you've got to respond um, immediately. Um, and and the best thing about it is trying to get them, try and get their details from them, so that you don't have to keep the conversation going on Facebook Messenger because that, as soon as it goes beyond 24 hours, there's rules that you can and can't do it. So the secret is to engage people very quickly and respond very quickly and give them, again, a compelling call to action to make sure that you get their email address. That's the best one to get. But think of it like this, folks. The call to action. You will have seen it all over the place. Call to action. FOMO. We've got fear of missing out. Um, we've got, you know, all these one-time uh, sort of <clears throat> um, time is, is running out. There's only three left. Um, when you're booking a holiday, it'll say 212 people are looking at this holiday at the moment. And you go, no, there's no way those buggers are going to get my hotel room. And you book it. And, you know, it, it's fantastic. The call to action can be all sorts. Think of it in a movie. The call to action is either you can go in and disarm the bomb or it's going to blow everyone to smithereens. So you've got this huge sort of dilemma um, that is being very carefully positioned that the consequences of not taking action are this terrible outcome, um, you know, and the consequences of taking action are, you know, sweetness and light, um, sitting on the beach, uh, sipping a pina colada and all those sort of things. So you really want that that sort of big difference there. That reminds, um, me, of that reminds me of a story. We Here we go. We talked about bombs and things. There is the story of the, um, you know, the, the, as a private company, they found an unexploded bomb from the Second World War or whatever it was, and they had to call in call in the military, and the military were, it couldn't do it for some for some reason. They couldn't do it, so they... They they suggested a private contractor who was licensed to do this. So the private contractor gets all suited and booted, comes up, they clear the area and all the rest of it. Um, the guy walks in, opens the bomb, looks, snaps the wire, uh, and turns around and walks out and says, right, here's our invoice for, you know, 10 grand or whatever it was. I'm like, 10 grand? It took you about 30 seconds to do that. And he said, yep, lifetime of uh, dealing with unexploded bombs. He said, so the invoice should read uh, to cutting green wire, 10 quid, to knowing which wire to cut, 9,900, you know. And you've probably heard that one about the engineer as well, you know, that... that uh, the little hammer. With the little hammer, knowing, yeah. where, knowing where to whack, you know, that sort of thing. I read the well, true story about that, actually, which is a guy who was a, a, a very good friend of Thomas Edison and all the rest of it. It's a fascinating story where that actually came from. 
and uh, it was yeah he was an engineer that that uh, worked for Thomas Edison and various others and uh, the Ford Motor Company asked him to come in and fix this machine and he went in and he basically slept by the machine for a day listening to it taking notes all the rest of it and then he eventually got up climbed up a ladder opened a, a plate and adjusted something inside the plate and he billed them ten thousand dollars which was a lot of money then because the 1920s or something and they 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 went at it and he said you know lifetime of experience of knowing which part needed to be adjusted so very very good hey well consequences right. taking I, action i was gonna say i i remember there was um you know uh, when they get these oil well fires yeah and you know that uh, terrible things runaway burning thing and uh, there was always a, a chap that they used to phone a guy called red adair red adair yeah. you remember he would come in and he would cap things off put the fire out well there was um there was one where they had a, a an oil well fire and they they phoned red adair and red adair says look i've got three other fires there's no chance and they said this is terrible you know this is going to be, a, you know, an absolute disaster. What the hell can we do? And he said, right, at this point, you can either let it burn, disaster, or you can call my cousin, Green Adair. And they said, right, okay, I'm going to, right, done. Give us the number. They phone Green Adair, and they've heard all about Red Adair's thing. He comes in with this team and all the rest of it. Anyway, this uh, they're waiting for this Green Adair. He says, I'll, I'll be there straight away. Um, I'll, I'll race over, uh, I'm in my vehicle now, I'll race over right now. Well, they hear this engine revving away and uh, over the dunes comes this Jeep and they can't believe it because this Jeep heads straight towards the fire and this Jeep drives into the fire and you, you see this bloke get out, whip off his jacket, dancing around, smacking the flames with his jacket and flailing at it and and gradually, he begins to win the battle against this raging inferno. It's just incredible to watch. And they come, you know, they come closer as the fire goes out. And they see this guy finally put the fire out. And he's all blackened. And, you know, he's covered in sort of oil. And his jacket's ruined. And he, he sort of trudges away from this, this fire that he's put out. And he comes up to the people. And they say... That was incredible. You must be green today. And he says, yes, I am. And he said, you know, we said we'd pay you half a million pounds to put this fire out. He said, you know, that, that was incredible. What are you going to do with the money? And he says, well, the first thing I'm going to do is fix the brakes on that bloody Jeep. <laughs> I'm here all week, folks. Yeah, yeah you know, we <laughs> Red Hill was famous. I mean, in fact, he helped to put out the Piper Alpha, um, the the you know the one that off the North Sea in Scotland, Piper Alpha. Yeah, yeah. I oh, he, he was everywhere. Was that boy? Exactly, he was everywhere. Anyway, consequences. So, um, call to action and consequences of taking action or not taking action. So, don't suffer from failures to implement disease. So, if you're listening to this and you think that QR code's actually a bloody good idea. Immediately now, get out your phone and fire a message off to Nigel, which is to hello at htrmoney.co.uk and just put QR codes into the subject line and Nigel will get back to you with information on that. It is worth its weight in gold. In fact, folks, what I'll do is I will prob I'll put in the notes, I'll put a link. If you click on the link, it will open up a chatbot immediately and demonstrate it. Even better. Even there you better. Go. Okay. 
So uh, the last and final, so we've talked about seven elements for storytelling, and the last and final one is a vision, a vision of what life can be like after the problem is solved. So you've got to put that into your story. You have to be able to let people visualize and see. Now, visualize, see, but also everyone has different modalities, as we know. And Tony Robbins has gone on and on about this at great length. I won't go on about it here, but the, the, the basic ones uh, are visual, uh, auditory, and kinesthetic. So visual is people can visualize things, and the language you have to use with them is, uh, is a visual language. Do you see what I mean rather than do you hear what I'm saying, which is obviously the auditory modality. Um, you have to balance those in your story, and especially at the end when you're talking about a vision of what life can be like. So... Can you see, uh, if to use my analogy there of the law firm, so can you can you see what it's like? Do you understand? Can you feel what would it be like for you to have, you know, no overdraft facility or happy employees? Or what do you think it would be like if you sacked your worst customers? What would that be like? You know, um, and, and quite often something like that's a bit nebulous would be a bit, well, uh, so we would enhance that by saying, well, I can tell you now that other other firms have said that employee productivity has gone up because when you get rid of your worst clients, employee productivity uh, soars because the feeling in the office is fantastic. Now, it doesn't last forever, but it does go up a notch. It does go up a notch, and you then start to attract more of the customers that you want to deal with rather than you're dealing with customers just because you need the money in that particular scenario. So there would be lots of them, but in your particular case, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, I have to craft a story. You must leave people with the vision of what it will be like. So again, if you are to contact Nigel, if you are to click on the link and if you are to get a QR code, here's what it will be like for you. It'll be so much easier. You won't need to carry business cards around. You won't need to faff around with your phone putting in people's details. You just simply have a QR code and you can have a QR code for you know a variety of different things. It doesn't have to be just for your business. You can have a QR code for for yourself, you can have a QR code for, um, you know, I don't know, your kids' activities or whatever it happens to be. I have a number of QR codes for a, for different businesses. Nigel mentioned there about a QR code for, um, you know, dealing with the, uh, with them. So but, uh, service accommodation and service stuff like that. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Pop-ups coming, leaping into my screen here because of this laptop here. Um, yeah, that's a brilliant one. The service accommodation one is very, very good. And um, we have... Uh, in our service accommodation, we have a company uh, called Logit that does things like this, and they do use QR codes all over the place. And they're also in when you've got a QR code and it clicks you through to something, you can have a drop down menu to choose different languages. So it doesn't have to be just in English. So if you've got your, if you're listening to this and you've got Airbnbs, then you really ought to be adopting QR codes. And I can see Nigel is bursting to say something there about that. Uh, well, is it right, you're right, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I'm holding up our How to Raise Money podcast mug. Now, on the back of it, there is a QR code. And um, I need to get this set up again. So if anyone wants to buy the QR mug, um, no, sorry, the uh, How to Raise Money podcast mug, um, as demonstrated right here, um, there is a QR code on the back of it. And if you go onto that QR code, I think I've I've got some some bonus content and some some nice little goodies for you uh, if you do that. But again, uh, I need to set that up on the website, get that done um, and, and reconnect that so you can get your 
very own podcast mug. Excellent. And, uh, there you go. So then, uh, don't be a mug. Get a mug. I don't even have one of those, do I? Did you send me one? No. I tell you. I tell you what. Um, I'll show you afterwards, and I'll let you scan it, and and then okay. you can see what's on the back of the mug. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that has been part two of the framework of seven elements of storytelling. So I'll run through them once again. People quite like that when you run through them. Um, and it is a character, uh, the character of the customer, the problem that the character faces, uh, the, a guide, the brand who can help the character to solve the problem, uh, a plan or a process for solving the problem, a call to action, very, very important. We talked about QR codes, call to action. The consequences of taking action or not taking action need to be uh, verbalized and a vision of what can be like, life can be like, or business can be like after the problem is solved. So if you focus on these only seven things there, um, you're going to create a clear and engage, create a clear and engaging story that will connect with your customers and will drive your results. Nigel, anything to add before we finish this episode? No, I I think it's you know, as soon as you're aware of this framework, folks, you will see it everywhere. Um, and it, if the framework is used correctly, the movie is successful. If the framework is is missed or steps are missed out of it, you tend to see the movie fails. Um, and it's it's really quite simple, but it's very, very clever. So get out there, have a go, start analyzing uh, your favorite movie. Think it through. Was there a hero? You know, was there a guide? Was there someone that explained how to do it? Did they follow it? What were the consequences if they didn't do it? What was their backstory? You know, how do you get it? Because what you're trying to do is make a hero of your customer. It is not about you being the hero, you are the helper, the support, the guide for the customer. Make your customer the hero. There you go. And on that bombshell, I have been Ray McLennan. I'm still the other one. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours? Hold on a minute. I don't you dare. <laughs> I just... <laughs> this is the smooth running um, of the How to Raise Money podcast. Gold. There's been a few effing and jeffings as uh, Ray discovered his, his charger. His laptop wasn't charging and thought that's a bit strange. So went over to the plug, pulled the plug out to just check it, and the plug came apart. And uh, that was, I wonder if that had anything to do with me dropping it the other day. Uh, clearly it did. Oh, you know. He's now raced off, found an old laptop. Zoom can't detect a background. He's used a pop-up green screen the size of a small carrier bag. <laughs> it looks like we're in play school going through the round window. How's that? Hey, that laugh. That, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh. Right. Interesting. It's not. Uh, it's not the best, is it? Hi. For sake. This is just going to be ridiculous. Well, most of our episodes are.
<laughs> All right. Okay, right. Do you want to give it a whirl? Let's give it a whirl. Okay. We're whirling. Are we on air? Yeah, yeah. Are we live? Okay. Well, well let's see. not. 